This is Aussie Mac Zone. We'll cover everything Apple, including Macs, iPhones, iPads, and more. All this from an Aussie perspective. Sit back, relax, and insert yourself into the zone. The Aussie Mac Zone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to show 383 Aussie Mac Zone. Unfortunately, just me again tonight. Um, Zahn's on family duties, so that's the way it is, yes. Now, show 383, and not heaps and heaps of news, really, but uh, let's see where we can get up to. We'll start our Aussie Apple ramblings this week with, <clears throat> pardon me, Telstra Optus and Aldi Mobile warned by ACMA for not verifying new customer info, which is bad bad. ZDNet reports ACMA states it is cracking down on telcos leaving customers vulnerable to identity theft with Telstra, Audi Mobile and Optus in the firing line. The Australian Communications and Media Authority, ACMA, has issued formal notices to the trio of telcos after finding each had failed to validate customer detail when moving between carriers. Median Mobile, which powers Aldi Mobile and is owned by Lenovo, was called out on 53 occasions. Telstra was called out 52 times. Optus was pinged for one violation. So it shows you that um, Vodafone must be doing the right thing. Historically, it's been too easy to transfer phone numbers from one telco to another. All a scammer needed to hijack a mobile number and access personal information like bank details was a name, address and date of birth. ACMA Chair Nerida O'Loughlin said, We're cracking down on telcos that don't follow the rules and leave customers vulnerable to identity theft. I'd be doing more than cracking down, I'd be making them liable. ACMA said that those who experienced mobile number fraud typically lost more than $10,000 and struggled to regain control of their identities for long periods of time. Since new rules on validating customer information came into effect early last year, the regulators said some telcos have reported the practice has stopped. ACMA said if, person, if a person believes they have fallen victim to such an attack, to contact their telco and bank, change passwords, report the act to police, Scamwatch and the Australian Cyber Security Centre, who we've talked about previously. As usual with telco rule breaches, the ACMA warned further violations could see a $250,000 fine per breach. Earlier in the week, Leica Mobile paid a $600,000 file level after, it found a, after the ACMA found what it called prolonged and large-scale customer data failures, which could have put people in danger. I would still be putting the onus straight back on the telco. If we can prove it's them, make them pay for my, my challenges that arise. In its investigation, the AMC, ACMA found 245,000 instances where the telco failed to pass on information to Telstra so it could maintain the integrated public number database used by emergency service when responding to triple O calls, as well as the emergency alert service. ACMA said there were 5,671 instances where Leica did not upload data to 
the database for between three days and nine years after gaining a customer. It also did not load complete and accurate information for 240,000 customers, with over 210 customers being listed as connected when they were disconnected. Um, so yeah, of course there's more in the show notes. Now, Google Photos, unlimited free photos ends uh, June 1st, I think, yes. It, now, what to do now? Just got to press that button and then, then press that button. There we go. Tom's Guide reports, Google Photos will limit free cloud storage options next month. Google Photo Free Storage Ride is coming to an end as the company is making sweeping changes to its cloud storage policy in a tiered system that's similar to Apple's iCloud. Users will get 15 gig for free that's shared through their Google accounts. Come June 1, however, they won't be able to partake in the unlimited storage option without paying a premium. Originally, Google gave users 15 gig of storage for their Gmail, Google Drive and Photos for free. Photos and videos that were saved at lower qualities, higher or express, were given unlimited space at no cost. This setup quickly became popular thanks to an easy-to-use UI and suite of family sharing and smart displays features. But now that users have become hooked on Google Photos interface, the search company is telling users to either pay up or move their photos elsewhere. Google Photos will be easier to organise. In the days when Google Photos storage was unlimited, you had the option to back up all your photos without worrying if they were actually worth keeping. From June 1, that won't be the case. There's a brand new storage management tool designed to help you crack down, track down and delete particularly troublesome snaps. Specifically, Google Photos will round up all the snapshots, large files and blurry shots you've backed up, as well as images that came from other apps. That way you can see exactly how much space they're taking up and scroll through a dedicated feed to pick and choose which ones should be deleted. That's a good idea. The tool has already started rolling out and should be available to use in the coming days. Google Photos will also give you a personalised estimate, estimate on how long it should take to fill up your 15 gigabyte free storage allocation. Again, more to the Tom's Guide link in the show notes. TikTok takes down hundreds of Australian videos in misinformation crackdown. The Guardian reports false COVID claims, including that Scott Morrison faked getting his vaccine, among the content removed from the popular platform. False claims about COVID vaccines, including that the Australian Minister, Prime Minister faked getting his jab, were among some of the hundreds of Australian videos TikTok removed from its platform as part of a misinformation crackdown. In February, Facebook, Twitter, Google, Microsoft, Redbubble, Apple, Adobe and TikTok signed to onto a new voluntary industry code aimed at combating misinformation and disinformation online. On Saturday, the 
The organisation representing the companies, Digi, released the first annual reports on how the tech giants are implementing the code's obligations. In the social video platform TikTok's report, the company revealed it had removed 651 videos mentioning COVID-19 or coronavirus between October 2020 and March 2021 for violating the company's misinformation. Further 222 videos were removed for posting medical misinformation. Some of the false claims being made included that of the Prime Minister Scott Morrison faked the visor vaccination despite clear vision of him receiving the shot. A false claim the Health Minister Greg Hunt's cellulitis diagnosis was due to receiving the AstraZeneca vaccine and a false claim that AstraZeneca vaccine had caused 80% of the members of the Australian Navy severe side effects. TikTok's works with agency France Press, the AFP, to fast-check claims made about COVID-19 and passes on those fact-checked claims to the company's moderators. Close to 20,000 Australian videos in that time also had COVID-19 misinformation label added to them, directing users to health sources. In instances where video claims have been reviewed but not yet substantiated, users will get a pop-up warning suggestion not to share the video. No gaming tonight and no entertainment tonight. Um, except there's a couple of new things coming to Apple TV and for the life of me, I can't remember the name of it. Um, yeah, and we've been in, my wife and I have been enjoying The Trying Show um, and I've been enjoying um, Mythic Quest. So, yeah. <clears throat> Spotify, Apple, sorry, start again. Spotify, Apple Watch offline pay, playback is finally here. This is how to download the music. Slash Gear reports Spotify at long last being offline playback to the Apple Watch, allowing wearers to download playlists, albums and podcasts to their wrist and then listen later without either a data connection or their iPhone nearby. Apple Watch owners couldn't till now access their music from the smartwatch, but the offline support was limited to the spared smartphone. Controlling which content is synchronised to the Apple Watch is done through Spotify's iPhone app. Hitting the three dots icon next to a playlist, album or podcast will bring up a new download to Apple Watch option. Tapping that will select it for offline playback. There's a download section in the Apple Watch app in which the current progress of each offline sync is shown. As in the iPhone app, the Spotify Apple Watch app will show a small green arrow icon next to the content that supports offline playback. After that, it's a matter of pairing your Bluetooth headphones or earbuds to the smartwatch and hitting play. There are repair provisors, as you might expect. The most significant is that you'll need to be a Spotify Premium subscriber since only that tier gets offline playback in the first place. 
all Spotify users can control music, playback from the Apple Watch controls. If you're playing music via Spotify Connect on a smart TV, oh, sorry, on a TV, a smart speaker or another device, you'll be able to control that too, assuming you do have a data connection. You can ask Siri to play songs, artists, playback, albums, podcasts. It's also possible to use Apple's Assistant on the watch to like music, adjust volume, and skip through tracks. I've just started doing that with Siri in lots of my things where you just say, hey, lady, increase volume by 10% or you know, decrease volume or depending on what bit of road you're on, for example. Now, Spotify isn't the first to support offline playback on the wearable. Of course, Apple Music had its functionality for some time now, as has Pandora. Spotify has long promised this introduction, but the streaming service certainly took its time to actually deliver. <coughs> Still, now Spotify says the download support will be added for Apple Watch users globally and will be rolling out rolling out over the coming weeks. So well done, Spotify. Good luck to the people who use it. Worldwide Developers Conference 2021. Apple has done, Apple previews powerful software updates. Sorry. My mistake. Try that again. I just clicked the wrong button and look what happened. Here we go. Worldwide Developers Conference 2021. Apple has unveiled the lineup for its annual Worldwide Developers Conference, including keynote and platform State of the Union timing, and shared more information on how developers will be able to learn about the future of iOS, iPadOS, macOS, tvOS, and watchOS. Free for all developers, Worldwide Developers WWDC 21, will bring together the global Apple developer community and provide them with new insights into the technologies, tools and frameworks they rely on. The conference will offer developers the opportunity to engage with one another and directly with Apple engineers for guidance on in, on building innovative and platform differentiating apps and games. The Apple keynote, uh, June 7, 10 a.m. Pacific Daylight time or 3 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard. The WWDC kicks off with the unveiling of exciting new updates coming to all Apple platforms later this year. Streamed directly from Apple Park, the keynote address will be available via Apple.com, the Apple Developer app, the Apple TV app, and YouTube with on demand playback available after the conclusion of the stream. Platform State of the Union, which will be 2 p.m., so that makes it five hours after that, doesn't it? So that'll make it 8 a.m. on June 7 as well. Take a deep dive into new tools, technologies, and advances across Apple platforms that will help Apple developers create even better apps. Platform's State of the Union will stream via the Apple Developer app and the Apple Developer website. Now, the Apple Design Awards, June 10 and 2 p.m., that makes it like 
to sorry I gotta think that's like four hours so that'll make it 7 a.m June 11th every year the Apple Design Awards celebrate the creative artistry craftsmanship and technical achievement of Apple developers the Apple Design Awards will stream via the Apple Developer app and the Apple Developer website. On June 1, Apple will celebrate student developers from all over the world with the announcement of the winners of the Swift Student Challenge, an opportunity for students of all ages to showcase their love of coding by creating their own Swift playground, for which Australia has won a couple of those from memory. So, yeah, something to look forward to in two weeks' time. Another early one, of course. And then, you know, type it out, put it up on to Apple News on the Aussie Mac Zone page of Apple News. Now, Apple previews powerful software updates designed for people with disabilities. Now, there's a video for this, so you should go and see it. But anyway... New sign time services launch on May 20 to connect Apple Store and Apple Support customers with on-demand sign language interpreters. Apple has announced powerful software features designed for people with mobility, vision, hearing and cognitive disabilities. These next generation technologies showcase Apple's belief that accessibility is a human right and advance the company's long history of delivering industry leading features that make Apple products customizable for all users. Later this year, with software updates across all of Apple's operating systems, people with limb differences will be able to navigate Apple Watch using assistive touch. iPad will support third-party eye-tracking hardware for easier control, and for blind and low-vision communities, Apple's industry-leading voiceover screen reader will get even smarter using on-device intelligence to explore objects within images. In support of neurodiversity, Apple is introducing new background sounds to help minimise distractions. And for those who are deaf or hard of hearing, made for iPhone will soon support new bi-directional hearing aids. Now, Apple is also launching a new service on May 20 called Sign Time. This enables customers to communicate with Apple Care and retail customer care by using American Sign Language in the US British Sign Language in the UK or French Sign Language in France right in their web browser. Customers visiting Apple Store locations can also use Sign Time to remotely access a sign language interpreter without booking ahead of time. Sign Time will initially launch in the US, UK, France with plans to expand to additional countries in the future. For information, visit apple.com contact. Now, at Apple, we've long felt that the world's best technology should respond to everyone's needs and our team work relentlessly to build accessibility into everything we make, said Sarah Herlinger, Apple's Senior Director of Global Accessibility, Accessibility Policy and Initiatives. With these new features, we're pushing the boundaries of innovation with next-generation technologies that bring the fun and function of Apple technology to even more people, and we can't wait to share them with our users. Also, assistive touch for Apple Watch. 
To support users with limited mobility, Apple is introducing a revolutionary new accessibility feature for Apple Watch. A safety touch for WatchOS allows users with upper body limb differences to enjoy the benefits of Apple Watch without ever having to touch the display or controls. Using built-in motion sensors like the gyroscope and accelerometer, along with the optical heart rate sensor and on-device machine learning, Apple Watch can detect subtle differences in muscle movement and tendon activity, which let users navigate a cursor on the display through a series of hand gestures like a pinch or a clench. Pinch, sorry. Or clench. Apple Watch enables customers who have limb differences to more easily answer incoming calls, control an on-screen motion pointer, and access notification center, control center, and more. Also, explore images with a voiceover. Apple is introducing new features for voiceover and industry-leading leading screen reader for blind and low vision communities. Building on recent updates that brought image descriptions to VoiceOver, users can now explore even more details about the people, text, table data, and other objects within images. Users can navigate a photo of a receipt, like a table, by row and column, complete with table headers. VoiceOver can also describe a person's position, along with other objects within the image, so people can relive memories in details. And with markup, users can add their own image descriptions to personalised family photos. Excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Now, how to password protect your Google search history and more. Gizmodo helps us with Google's added a new way to keep other people's prying eyes out of your search history, YouTube faves and more. As first spotted by Android Police, the company has started prompting users to password protect their web and activity page, which shows off a person's history across a slew of Google services. This added password protection is just one of the privacy buffs that Google's been rolling out after this month's Google I.O. event. This includes a new option locked folder you can add to your Google Photos account and a new quick delete toggle that lets you automatically scrub the last 15 minutes of your Google search history. What does my Google activity page what does my Google activity page show anyway? Well if you've never checked your activity page you might be shocked at just how many Google services you probably end up using on the regular. The page doesn't only store your history across Chrome and YouTube, it also stores your location across Google Maps, your recent voice uh, commands made to your Google-powered smart speaker, and any calls or messages you might have made using Google Voice or Google Fi. Why I wouldn't want to password my check my Google searches. Well, if you happen to leave yourself logged into your Google account on a shared computer, then that means you just about anyone can hop on and see how you use these services, unless you turn on the extra verification step. Thankfully, it's a snap to activate these added protections. Here are the snap. Simply go to the web and app activity tab under myactivity.google.com Tap the Manage My Activity Verification button. 
Choose Require Extra Verification and Google will start prompting you to re-enter your account password before letting you browse through your account history. If you're extra nervous about your history leaking out, I'd also want to consider manually deleting your activity history or setting up pre-scheduled deletions to automatically wipe your digital footprint for you. And of course, there's more on the Gizmodo link in the show notes. Now, uh, So, Mark After Dark says, The Church of Apple seems to have more followers than most denominations around the world. And rather than using the cross, they have the Adam and Eve logo. So, and he says he can't wait for Apple iCoin. Well, I don't believe they'll get Apple iCoin. Uh, iCoin. Um, so, yeah, but thanks for coming in, Mark After Dark. Um, so yeah let's see what happens good to see you Mark after dark I'm glad you've popped in for a while now don't forget we've got the show notes link each week on the show upload this week the link being https colon forward slash forward slash aussiemaczone.com.au forward slash amz383 there you'll see the last six weeks in show notes. You can email Michael or Zahn at aussiemaxzone.com.au. Anything you want, any ideas you want, anything you want to add to the show, etc. And don't forget, however you're listening to us, please give us a rating. It helps others find us. You know, whether it's in Spotify or Google or Apple Podcasts or Overcast or whatever. Uh, we've got our Apple Aussie Maxone um, section of Apple News, and most most importantly, before I go outside in the cold tonight and look at the uh, hopefully cloudless, amazing uh, what was it? It's a now I've forgotten the word. So, so well, anyway, it doesn't matter. Now, thanks to our supporters, you, our listeners. Have a fantastic night. Thanks, Mark, after dark for popping in. And thanks to our supporters, you, our listeners, the most important people. Please stay safe. And we go here, and then we go here. (laughs) 